0: To the Cake Adjacent Podcast, a once a week update on all things food, family, community, gardening, whatever. We call it Sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. I am your host and bestie, Jen Coleslaw, coming to you from the soulless suburbs of Northern Virginia. Man, it was another week, people. Have things always been this hard? And that's a rhetorical question because I know that things have always been this hard for people of color and for immigrants and for women and for marginalized people whose voices and agency are snatched away from them by old white men who do so in the name of God or Jesus or whatever they think gives them the power to do the snatching. And for people who are without the means to feed their kids and themselves, and for people struggling with chronic illness and mental illness, and for the people caring for the people struggling with those illnesses. I am struggling to find three good things that happened this week to share with you, so I will share a few good things that happened, plus something that I'm looking forward to in the week upcoming. Number one, we booked our travel to Hawaii. Now don't get too excited, this is a work trip for Ben, and I am a terrible vacationer, so I will quite literally work 90% of the time, but still. A work day in Hawaii is infinitely better than a work day in Northern Virginia. Patreons better get ready to get bombarded with pictures and snippets of beach sounds and literal postcards. Airfare is super expensive these days, though, so that's pretty much Christmas for me. And maybe my birthday, too. So now's a good time to join the Patreon. You are definitely going to want to hear me playing my ukulele. Number two. The first day of fall happened this week, and I always like what the change of seasons promises us, which is rebirth, rest, change, sweaters, hot chocolate, flowers, snow, Whatever. This year, the weather just turned on a dime and it is so cool and dry here and the air feels really clean. Yes, my allergies are definitely giving me some fits, but I will always take that over the heat and humidity any day of the week. We did end up having to drain the pool early, though, and pool people might re- be might relate to this this year. I am convinced that pool chemicals and pool testing supplies were either counterfeit or weak because we were absolutely unable to keep our saltwater pool clean this year. And for those of you who don't know, saltwater pools are supposed to be low chemical, better for the environment, low maintenance. And I can count on one hand the number of times I actually was able to enjoy the pool this year. It was so green at the end of August, it looked like it was full of antifreeze, and I finally asked Ben to please just drain it, because looking at it was breaking my heart. We easily spent $1,000 on treatment for the pool this summer, and it might as well have been seltzer water we were putting in there for all the good it did. Ben's parents have a traditional pool, and they had the same problems, and I've been reading that there are a lot of ineffective pool treatments and chemicals out in the world due to supply chain issues and grift, too, probably. And yes, I know this is a first-world, middle-class, suburban problem, but I do love my pool so much, and I have so little that I love here in Northern Virginia, that when I don't have it, it bums me out. And a good thing for this week upcoming, I'm going to be at a Marine Debris conference for a few days, and my best friend Zach will be there, and I am just beyond excited to see him. Do you have anything you'd like to share from this past week, good or bad? You can hit me up on the Twitter, or you can always email me at twochocolatecakes at gbell.com if you need some support. In the form of pictures of my cats, or a book, or a short story, or poetry recommendation, or a recipe, or some kind of peaceful vista from my billion photo gallery, you just let me know what you need. So along those lines, I wanted to tell you about something that for once combines a story from my recent history and today's food holiday, which is Quesadilla Day. This is actually one of the second season of Two Chocolate Cakes Essays, but I thought that I'd talk a little bit about it today. And that is that when Ben and I moved down to Virginia, we did so for a few reasons. A bunch of things had happened in Providence and it was time to take a break. I was healing from a major illness and surgery and I subsequently lost my job because of it. And we had a kind of untenable housing situation. Ben's grandfather was 85 and still living in Northern Virginia by himself. And we pitched it to him that we needed a soft landing for a little while. But really, we were going to just keep an eye on him. And so we put all our stuff in storage and moved ourselves and our three orange cats, Banjo, Pete, and Barney, and one Siamese cat, Yeti, and one stripy cat, Roland, and one big fat gray cat, Jane, down to Springfield while Crouch That's what the grandkids called him, was at his place in Florida. We ended up staying there for just about a year before we moved into our own place. And we had him convinced most of that time that we only had one orange cat and one Siamese cat. Anyway, I tell you the story because before this, I never had an opportunity to live with and have responsibility for an elder. And it was easily one of the top experiences of my life. Yes, he could be frustrating and he could be so cheap and he had absolutely no tolerance for pain, which was a lot of fun when he decided he wanted all new teeth and got implants. And from and more than once he would go out on a walk around the block and would be gone for hours. And it was because he was sitting on someone's front Port shooting the shit and I had to go looking for him, but pretend I wasn't worried out of my mind because he didn't need a babysitter and that I was just out walking too. And oh, hey, Crouch, I'll walk back with you. Anyway, feeding him was always a challenge. If you all thought that I was a fussy eater, trying to get a vegetable into this man was like trying to pill a feral cat. So we would get creative, and one of the ways we got veggies into his food was by making Mexican grilled cheese, which were quesadillas with chicken, cheese, yellow squash, yellow pepper, and maybe some corn, because he wasn't able to really discern the vegetables from the cheese if we did a good job, and if he did, he certainly didn't say so, and it was absolutely the best part of the day, making dinner, setting the table, sitting down with him. Sometimes we'd be at the table for an hour or more after, and he'd tell a story that Ben had never heard, and I had certainly not heard about growing up in rural Kentucky during the Depression, and his family owned a boarding house, about being in World War II, about working as an auditor in the Department of Defense during the Cold War. During the time that we lived there in the damp and mousy walkout basement sharing the kitchen, he lost his driver's license, and we started looking for a house that had. A first floor extra bedroom so that he could live with us when he wasn't in Florida. But in the end, he decided to just fully retire to Florida where his son lived so he could play golf right out his front door. And I'm not going to tell much more of his story because it will be in next season, but I will say that the past few weeks I've been seeing a lot of messages from friends about their elderly and infirm parents and the painful difficulty of making decisions, of talking them into situations that will keep them safe and fed and healthy. And there are no easy answers. But I will tell you that if you have an opportunity to spend time with an elder relative, like a grandparent or a parent, who who isn't a monster, by the way, I absolutely do not advocate twisting yourself into a pretzel for a narcissistic monster, that you take the time to hear the stories, whether they're stories you've heard a 100 times before, or if they're new stories. That after dinner time in the eating kitchen with the white corningware plates and the green print all around the edges and the amber glassware from the 70s and those handmade but mismatched placemats with permanent stains of 30 years of family dinners? Those were the best times. I've talked about it here on this podcast about who will curate our digital lives when we depart this mortal coil. And it is something that I think about all the time. And maybe that's why I write all these things down and why bearing witness to everything, even when it's overwhelming, is important to me. Because when we lose our oral history of our families, of our communities, it can be lost forever. I have been lucky or privileged or honored, I don't even know what the right word is, to be with a few elder relatives and family members and people who are important to me, who passed stories on to me before they passed on. These stories are a gift. What I think I'm saying is don't be afraid of them. There's something very magical and beautiful about hearing a story for the first and maybe only time and sharing it. I don't know what stories I will share as my time runs out. Maybe I'll be out of stories having told them all here, and maybe. Maybe that's how I'll know it's time to let go. Okay, so on a lighter note, would you like me to talk about some of the other food holidays besides Quesadilla Day? Because today is also Crab Meat Newberg Day, which I will absolutely skip. that sounds disgusting. And it's also Food Service Employees Day and a little story. Or as they say on the TikTok, story time. We got a new fast-ish food restaurant here in town. It's called Fat Burger. You've probably heard of it. And we wanted to try it for lunch yesterday. And it's like a Five Guys, but it has a full bar, oddly enough. And so Ben went out to pick up two burgers and fries. And it was an over an hour to get them because not only were they slammed, they were short for people somewhere, maybe in the front of the house, and then they gave his order to a different Ben, so 50 minutes into the wait, he got the other Ben's order, and it was one tiny hamburger. Needless to say, they made his order up again, but it was a very long wait, and the food was mediocre at best, but did Ben yell at anyone or mistreat anyone? No, he did not because everyone is struggling to serve people these days between supply chain disruptions and staffing challenges. So let me remind you that most food service workers get paid like $3 an hour plus tips, which is not even close to being a living wage. So stop going to fucking Starbucks if Starbucks keeps busting unions. On Monday, we can all enjoy pancakes because Monday is Pancake Lovers Day, and I absolutely count myself among pancake lovers. In fact. While I am really loving Kodiak Cakes pancake mix, I do not love the pancakes in a cup where you just add hot water because I think that's just not the same at all. Uh, But I like the mix that makes actual pancakes on a griddle. But I like pretty much all pancakes, even those little weird frozen ones from Trader Joe's. Tuesday is National Chocolate Milk Day and I do not drink a lot of milk as a beverage. I do put it in my tea though. Um, But I do love milkshakes. Uh, And when I'm recovering from a surgery or an illness, I will sometimes make milkshakes with Carnation Instant Breakfast, the chocolate flavor, for additional nutrition. Please do not offer me an Ensure or one of those other disgusting milky nutrition drinks because I will look you in the eye while I pour it on the floor. That stuff is foul. Tuesday is also corned beef hash day. And I love that Hormel's corned beef hash in a can with the little cubed potatoes in there. And then you fry it up all crispy in a super hot black cast iron pan. And then with two over easy eggs, that is a good breakfast or a good dinner. In fact, maybe that's what we'll have for dinner tonight. Now, Wednesday is an interesting day because it's absolutely the wrong season for strawberry cream pie. And I'm going to be honest and say that I don't think I've actually had an actual strawberry cream pie, if you define it the way you would say a banana or a coconut cream pie, but I have had what my friend Sue from Sue's Pies calls a strawberry pie with fresh strawberries and a little bit of a syrup on top of a sweet but light cream cheese filling all in her delicious homemade pie crust. It's like a lighter version of a cheesecake, and she only makes it during strawberry season as the good whatever intended. So I don't know what this strawberry cream pie nonsense is. Anyway, it's also drink beer day, and I'm pretty sure that it is drink beer day several times during the year. And every time I tell you that my favorite beer is a nice light Kolsch and that I had a great Czech-style Kolsch when I was in Wales that I keep looking for here in the US, but to no avail. Despite I think we found out that it was made by Molson, so we should be able to find it, and yet we haven't. I guess it's only distributed uh, overseas. Um, but I also like a nice cloudy Hefeweizen that is heavy on the lemon. I am not a fan of dark beers that you have to chew your way out of or beers that have a very high ABV because I do not like getting drunk at all and I absolutely do not like being hungover. Thursday is National Coffee Day and here's a little tidbit that I may not have shared before. I love roasting coffee. I have two coffee roasters and I buy green coffee beans from sustainable farms and brokers, usually in Central America and Mexico because that's the coffee flavor profile I prefer. And I roast it up, usually a medium roast, and I donate it to various pet rescues, like the one Waffles and Ladybug and BB came from, to raffle off, and it usually goes for about $40 a pound. I should roast some up for the Patreon, shouldn't I? I don't drink a lot of coffee, though. I'm super sensitive to coffee caffeine, so if I ever have the bad idea to have two cups of coffee in a day, you can count on me to not sleep for three days, and my heart will be pounding out of my chest. That entire time. I recently got turned on to a coffee roasting outfit called Little Cat Cafe from someone I follow on Twitter and Patreon. Uh, her name is Quinn Cummings. She's a great follow. She's very smart and uh, sarcastic. Little Cat Cafe has a nice half calf, half decaf roast that they do. So I ordered some and it got here yesterday. I haven't tried it yet. They also donate a portion of every sale to area cat rescues. I think they're based out of California. I love the taste of good coffee, but I really hate bad coffee. And since it's so much easier to mess up coffee than tea, I usually just stick with tea. And finally, Friday is 100% perfect date appropriate food holiday, national hot mulled cider day. I will never seek out hot mulled cider. But when Ben and I were in Germany a few years ago, I was introduced to real Glühwein. And oh my God, that was something. I really like the white version over the red, but I will come clean and say mostly what I loved were all the collectible cups at the Weihnachtmarks, which are the Christmas and winter markets that they have all through Germany and France and Austria. I am such a sucker for something to collect. Okay, that's it for food holidays and for this week's podcast. Please keep rating and sharing the podcast, talking it up in your Work Slack, your Facebook groups if you're still on Facebook, and the Senate Cloakroom, and other spaces where you find community. You can support this work by joining the Patreon who get extra misses from me every other week or so, either digitally or in the snail mail. I hope you have a good week coming up that you have an opportunity to think about some family stories that haven't been told or heard and write them down so they aren't forgotten, that you're registered to vote and you have a plan to vote because the midterms are in fact important and make sure that you know where to vote because some folks like us have been redistricted and you might have a new polling place. Also watch the weather for the first frost. You may have to bring in your indoor plants. I'll see you next week. And remember, I'm saying this again this week because it's still that important. Unions brought you the five-day work week, the eight-hour workday, sick leave, child labor laws, health and safety rules on the job, and more. Unions built the middle class, not corporations or billionaires or politicians bought by corporations and millionaires.